Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Packers and the Chiefs looking very good. That's why I've elected my green and yellow ensemble for the show today. Thank you very much. Hello, how are you? Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television across the entirety of the 406. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a phenomenal day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios and on your televisions and, as the case might be, on your internets. 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen live on our website all the time via the stream. The stream is available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to pick up your phone and call, you can do it. 361 3688-361-3688. The phone number. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can also uh, go ahead and text that phone number if you'd like to as well. 361-3688. In the show today, we're going to start off with some NFL talk. 
a little bit about last night, but really more about quarterback play in the NFL and the right way to assess it or the wrong way to assess it, or is there such a thing as right and wrong in it or just sort of different views on this thing? Coulter brought this up, particularly as it pertains to winning a Super Bowl and the elite level of quarterback play that we see in the league compared to what the narrative is that there isn't very much. So we'll get into that. We also are continuing our Grizz Greats Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions podcast, this great podcast series that we've been up to, and we are very happy today we will be releasing the uh, episode with Bill Johnston. Now, Bill Johnston was the alumni director, the director of the Alumni Association for 28 years at the University of Montana. And now, many people around town, around the state, even know who Bill Johnston is, know him, uh, you know, in his role as the head of the Alumni Association. You may wonder, well, what what does he have in terms of the 95 season and the, this podcast series having to do with the Grizzly Football National Championship. Well, we'll tell you what it, it we'll tell you more specifically when we get there, but put it like this. Nobody was more hands on deck in terms of seeing the effects of that national championship for the university as a whole than Bill Johnston. And he was absolutely integral for in a lot of ways that you do not know in the uh, uh, execution of that event for fans, Grizzly fans going to Huntington, West Virginia and the stories that come out of this. This was absolutely one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded to this point with Bill Johnston. It's a great storyteller very funny and some stories that I don't think anybody else has to offer than him and so uh, we'll bring you a portion of that conversation uh, but uh, just an absolute ton of fun uh, with uh, with him so uh, we, we hope that you enjoyed I think that you absolutely will we certainly did when we were able to record with him uh, a little while ago I'm happy to bring that to you today uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, divisional round going. The Braves winners earlier today on ESPN Radio, as you heard. And also, uh, we will get in the next hour to our coach's corner, Pat Duchesne, the head coach of the Florence Falcons. Florence is four, five and one, excuse me. They just beat Eureka. Again, Eureka has won three of the last four state championships at the Class B level, but Florence has been building and they have arrived. I think we can say that they have arrived. They obviously got a long season ahead of them. They have state championship applications. Aspirations down the Bitterroot. So uh, we are happy to have Pat Duchesne on the on the show today as part of our coach's corner. We will also do some prep spotlighting the golf state golf results from uh, over the weekend, and we will also highlight Sage Brooks, who is an outstanding, outstanding cross country runner, and she's going hello Syracuse, baby, the ACC. She's going to do her collegiate running, and a great story by Frank Gogol and the Missoulian on her. Also, yes. It is game four tonight of the NBA Finals. Uh, we will have that for you right here on ESPN Radio. So there you go. That is our uh, show outlook today. Coulter, nice to see you, my friend. A uh, couple of things we wanted to start off with. We want to get into this quarterback stuff, but uh, this is is it sad news, but also it is an opportunity to remember and to you know highlight but Eddie Van Halen passed away today 65 years of age I believe uh, cancer of the cause but uh, Van Halen uh, what did I mean it's like it's like what Madonna right when you just need one name tiger like you you go Van Halen done and uh, and everybody sort of knows but one of the uh, all-time icons I know a uh, an individual a musician and a band that uh, iconic and certainly one that you've ridden with for a long time it's so funny when you I, when someone asked me today what I thought of Van Halen and I thought to myself there's certain parts of Van Halen's catalog that I think are some of the greatest albums in rock music history. 
There's other parts that I absolutely despise. Couldn't be worse. Couldn't dislike it more. But the overwhelming thought is that their their evolution from tone setter and, and sort of the forefront of what then became rock music in the 80s. Because Van Halen's first two albums came out in the 70s, and they were much, to me, much more authentic and significant than anything they did in the 80s. But then they basically, quote-unquote, sold out and made a bunch of music videos and dated a bunch of celebrities, and they were, you know, famed party boys. But then they came back around and reinvent themselves multiple different times after that. And I think that the best way you could describe Eddie Van Halen himself is that the way he played the guitar, you cannot replicate it. He plays it in a fashion that it makes the instrument sound different than anyone else that's ever played it. And that in itself to me is true genius. That is. Yes, the guy is. can't, he can't read music. So when they were first, finally I have something in common with Eddie Van. <laughs> I've been <laughs> looking for but that. Like when, what they is were, it? when they were first out, people were trying, <laughs> when if people were trying to do Van Halen covers and stuff, they would try to watch Eddie to get the chords. Cause it had, it was not written down anywhere. He just had it in his mind. Yeah. True genius. Unbelievable. Um, uh, musical genius. And, uh, 65 gone too soon. It's 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 sort of interesting. My cousin, I guess my aunt's cousin, so it's my cousin. First cousin once removed. Once removed is Jack Blades, is married to Jack Blades, the lead singer of Night Ranger and Damn Yankees. Night Ranger traveled with Van Halen on the road for like 10 years. Jack Blades and Eddie Van Halen are really, really, really good friends. So thoughts to my cousin today because, I mean, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he, I think I'm sure he's devastated. They were on the road together for almost 10 years, so. Um, my uh, favorite Van Halen moment comes uh, via Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer when he tells the uh, antagonist female character in the in the film who's wearing a Van Halen shirt, which is his Van Halen shirt, take off that shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. Having, of course, already know the knowledge that they have broken up. Right. So uh, attributing that to her in the film, a piece of comic genius to me. Uh, it is to tell new one is one of two nine ESPN radio Coulter. You said you called me earlier today. You said, I've been thinking about this. We got to talk quarterback play in the NFL mm-hmm. and we talked through it. And the more you talked about it, the more I started stewing on it. And now I've done a little bit even more research. I know that that's shocking, but I have, and I'm very excited about this, but set this up for us because the the idea here is that generally people talk about elite quarterback play as if there's a dearth in it. There's only a couple guys who are elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And part of that matters how you define elite, but also, you said, man, it's just not real. Like, the quarterback play that we're seeing right now is like some of the best quarterback play that we've seen in our lifetime, maybe ever, in terms of the total uh, level of it. So I want you to flesh that out. I have some ideas on this and also what I think elite means, or at least means to me, or at least means within the context of this conversation. But go ahead, you know, give the people a little bit of your idea here, what you're thinking. Well, sometimes you might be watching the NFL on a Sunday, and you might be watching Matt Stafford versus Matt Ryan. And thinking to yourself, man, these guys are both talented, but neither one of these guys is even close to good enough to lead you all the way to the promised land. You might be watching Mitchell Trubisky versus Ryan Tannehill. Even more uninspiring and unthrilling. You might be watching Kirk Cousins versus Dwayne Haskins. Uh-oh. But then you also might be watching Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Mm. You also might be watching... I guess what I'm saying is that there was this, to me, I think some of this has to do with the way that the game of football itself has evolved. But there was this influx of awesome quarterbacks into the NFL in the late 90s and early 2000s. 
some of those guys are still playing. Guys like Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. And, I mean, I guess you could call Aaron Rodgers the early 2000s because he was drafted in, what, 2003, 2004? 04, I believe. 04? Yeah. So, I mean, he's been in the league now Maybe for... Maybe even 05. we got to look. Well, sure. But he's been in the league for 15-plus years, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. But then the guys that were the best quarterbacks in the league when they were young stayed the best quarterbacks in the league no matter how old they've gotten. Some of them have di- digressed physically a little bit. Phillip Rivers has digressed physically quite a bit. Drew Brees, I don't think he's digressed as much as the narrative in the national landscape. But is he, is, he is below his elite level or his best level of play. No question. Yeah. But still, they're so good. Right. But then we also have now this new wave of guys that I think have a chance to really take the league by storm. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray could and should be in that mm-hmm. camp. Mm-hmm. The guy who, to me, is the most impressive and improved player in the NFL, Josh Allen. I mean, the dude is... Josh Allen's a real deal, man. Real deal. He's real the deal. real deal. So, let me just clarify for people here. What so, I guess, I, I, guess I, the, I guess the point is, if you're watching the NFL, there's a there's a 50% chance you're going to be watching a mediocre guy, but there's also a 50% chance you're going to be watching an elite guy, and that's the difference to me, is I think that there's more guys now than ever that I don't necessarily know. To me... Jumping on my back and me leading the Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers did—that's one thing. But there's other, there's adequate guys, there's really great guys in the league right now across the age gamut. And this is what I want to clarify. First of all, I think I'm just going to excise the word elite because I think that it has been used so much that it's starting to lose. Like people are starting to lose. Well, what do you even mean by that? Right. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go through the list of quarterbacks that I think you can win a Super Bowl with that are playing right okay. now. That is very different from quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl. Speaking, okay? speaking of quarterbacks, yes. real quick. Break, it's what we are speaking about. Breaking news. Oh, boy. Quarterbacks. Yes. Trey Lance just declared for the NFL draft. North Coast State sophomores going pro. You're kidding. Nope. Well, it's almost like it was planned. <laughs> it's almost like it was planned. Um, okay, good for him. Uh, so, Quarterbacks that you can win a Super Bowl with, and I'm going to group all of these guys together. That doesn't mean they're all the same. Josh Allen is not as good as Patrick Mahomes is, okay? Nobody's arguing that point in this conversation. But can you win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen as your quarterback? I believe you can. Like, he is good enough to be a guy who is an asset to you in such a way that you, you always have to have the right pieces around you. And let me point this out. In my opinion, right here as we sit here talking, in the AFC South, there is only one team that has a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with. You know who that team is? The Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. You know what else? They're the worst team in their own division. The three other quarterbacks are nowhere near as good as Deshaun Watson, including Phillip Rivers right now. And you know what? They're all better, way better than the the Houston Texans are. So let's start by by calling it what it is, which is, the quarterback position gets far more exposure and credit than what it deserves, even though it deserves the most credit and exposure. But it what it gets is way out of balance with the reality. The Indianapolis so true, Colts are a, a really good football team, and Phillip Rivers is a part, but a small part of why. And I think that that's why I'm always harping on offensive line, man. Because offensive line... Drink one. It, it, Drink it, two. It... it is so pivotal to the development of a young quarterback, the protection of an old quarterback, a protection of a quarterback, period. Everything. It all works to it all I mean that it's what? The consummate team how, game, right? This all works together. How many guys have been spun as flops or as not le- living up to expectations? 
And the the part of the narrative that's completely and utterly left out is that this guy got bludgeoned. Yes. Because he was was playing fine. David Carr, right? David Carr. Who would have ever known what he could have been? Yeah. Who knows? So here's my list. I went through the entire league, and I've got every quarterback that I think you can win a, a, a quarter a, a Super Bowl with, and I have a handful of guys that I don't know what I, I don't know what the answer is. So I wanted okay. you to help me. In the AFC East, Josh Allen and Cam Newton, Buffalo and New England, you can win a Super Bowl with those guys. The AFC North. So tell me this: what's yeah. your thought on? Oh, on, what's your thought on Sam Darnold? So this is the th- he's he's one of my question marks because the Jets are so bad and you go that you just can't do it. But I'm not convinced that Sam Darnold doesn't have the potential to be. I mean, watching him on Thursday night, he he's their best player. I mean, he's the no, Jets' absolutely. best player. He's he's a he's a decent quarterback, but you can't see how good he could be or not. Like if he plays the way he's playing right now, you can't win a Super Bowl with him. Right. But also part of the reason he's playing the way he is right now is because he's just trying to survive right. 60 minutes of NFL football. Exactly. Like who does he even have to throw to? Jameson Crowder is their best receiver. That's right. Like give me a break. Right. Their franchise running back is not even playing right now. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore has been in the league since you were in high school, yep, man. Yep, like yep, that's not an adequate I mean, it's not an adequate set of skill players. That's the other thing about young quarterbacks too though that can kill you is not only if you don't protect them, but if you're like I mean, Sam Donald's gotta either figure it out in New York, which I don't know how you do that, especially with Adam Gase as the coach. Well, but you have to then you have to get out of New York before New York swallows you alive. Because like it or hate it, no, hardly any pundit is sitting here killing the Giants for anything but Sam Darnold. I know. I mean, no, I don't know about people that. People do give you some leash. That. All I'm saying is it hurts your confidence and your confidence as a quarterback. Period. Like losing is just not good for the psyche of no, a young quarterback. Period. No especially, especially because young quarterbacks hardly ever have had any sort of practice losing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like Sam Darnold lost what three games his entire college career, and now he's losing every week in the NFL. It's terrible for your psyche. Um, I think every quarterback in the AFC North can you can win a Super Bowl with them. The one question I have is Baker Mayfield, but I'm already in on Joe Burrow. I think you, uh, you know Joe Burrow's sweet. Could man. you do it this year with Joe Burrow? Ugh, that's no, a bit no. of a push, but he's he's a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with. Baker Mayfield is is he's on the he's right on the edge to me. Uh, if he's surrounded with the right group. But you know what? I mean, he's offensively he's surrounded with the best group you could possibly be surrounded with. So if he's not doing it now, we'll see. But they're 3-1. and one and one eh, and eh. uh, Houston, to me, is the only team in the AFC. So I don't think you could do it with Rivers. God bless him. I love him. But I don't think you could do it with Gardner Minshew. No. And Ryan Tannehill, I'm, I'm not sold on either. Although but, he's in a place where they're... They're probably the closest to being able to do it with their running and their defense in Tennessee. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like Vegas odds has got the Titans right now as the fifth team mm-hmm. in terms of favorites to win the Super Bowl. But this is where you always argue me because you scream, there's only three teams that can win the Super Bowl. And I always say, well, there's more than that. But your point is sort of well taken by me in this is at some point, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know, man. I just don't know at what some, I think about At some about point, him. Mark Sanchez becomes Mark Sanchez. I don't even think Ryan Tannehill be, is like that. I think Ryan Tannehill is good, yeah. but when but he's going to have to go through, name him, Mahomes, right? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson hasn't even won a playoff game right. yet, but he's going to have to do it. And that's where the coach. And I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's got the goods to do and it. And that's where the coach quarterback combo comes into it as well, because when it really comes down to the, the fourth quarter of the mm-hmm. conference championship game, Mm-hmm. 
Andy Reid is going to make sure that Patrick Mahomes has the ball last, and then you are going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's the way it goes. That's going to be the biggest question mark for the Ravens. Is Right now, they have the formula absolutely stamped. Money for the regular season. But, first of all, Lamar Jackson's got to prove that if it really comes down to him leading a game-winning drive with two minutes to go into playoffs, can he do it? Well, and yeah, secondly, John Harbaugh has to figure out if he can, how do you do that? And if he can't, how do you overcome it? Well, for, first, I'm not I'm not ready to do anything about Lamar Jackson and the playoffs. He's 0-2 in two games that are once-off games, and the playoffs are a different deal. This is not to me he or the Ravens can't do it. What is to me, though, is they are 0-3 as constructed against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs exactly. at any point in time. So even if you get that first win in the playoffs, and they will, uh, what does it amount to if you can't beat the team that you got to beat in order to get to where you want to go? But that's neither here nor there. You got Lamar Jackson, you could win a Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs, obviously, but I think the Chiefs, now here's, you tell me what if I'm wrong here, but I think the Chiefs are the only team in the AFC West that have a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with. I don't think as that Derek right Carr now, could do it. I don't, as of right now, but I, I've been saying this yeah. for yeah. a year since I saw him live and in person in Eugene. Justin Herbert got it, man. He's he has the it. He's smart. He's tough. He's athletic. Looks he's straight. got a huge arm. He's competitive. He's got savvy. He's got confidence. He has everything you need for a young quarterback. And he's stuck in that weird situation where jury's still out on Anthony Lynn, but it's pointing toward not bad, but just stuck in mediocrity. I think Anthony Lynn is very hesitant to let it roll. I don't know if he has like I don't know if he has the brass to truly let it rip like some of the elite coaches, especially in that division. And Herbert also, ha- he's just kind of stuck with mediocrity they're, in terms of the they're, people They're in a weird him. place. Some of it's injury-related. Some of it's just other. But but the like, point they're, is. They're, they're like average to below average. But average we're not even talking line. about the team, right? We're just talking about the Sure, dude. sure, 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 sure. And Herbert looks like the real deal. I'm I'm not ready to go there too. I'm not ready to go in. there with him or Burrow yet, but they – See, I kind of am with Burrow. I think you can win it with Burrow, man. Here's the thing about Joe Burrow. (laughs) is He's playing behind the worst offensive line in football. He's putting up 300 yards a game. He has such unbelievably authentic cockiness. Mm. That's what's so great about him. Baker Mayfield, a lot of... The biggest knock on Baker Mayfield, I think, is false bravado. That it's it's a show. It's not really... And he's going to have to continue to prove that. But Burrow has that, like... Sneer. All the words I want to use to describe Joe Burrow, I can't say on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, the AFC. Excuse me. Let's go to the NFC. The NFC West. The only team that has a quarterback you can't win with is the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, and that is Stop. San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Stop. Period. Stop. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. When was the last time you saw a team that was so utterly and completely and totally well-rounded to do everything you needed to do to win a Super Bowl than the 49ers last year? And what is the one thing that prevented them from doing that very thing on the best team you could possibly imagine assembling in their prime? It's the quarterback. He's he's who lost them that game, pure and simple. And you know what? He's the worst quarterback in the division. He is. And he is not good enough to win you a Super Bowl. And he's proven it. I was so getting no ready. Jimmy G. I was so getting ready to just jump down your throat and give you my love for Jared Goff because I thought you were going with I thought you were saying this about Goff. No, Until, no I, I know I know you're talking about Garoppolo, but I 
Garoppolo is the type of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan wants to run that system, though. He did no. fail in that one game. No, but. no, 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 no. Don't kid yourself. Because Shanahan wants to run the ball and is a savant about you know zone blocking scheme and all that, if you think you could trade out Jimmy Garoppolo right now for any other quarterback in the division, he'd take that deal asleep well, in his sleep. Of course, because imagine Kyler Murray in that offense. Well, that's what I'm saying. So don't tell me that this is the you guy he know, wants to run the system at eight. You want to know who would be, honestly, who would be the, the perfect quarterback for... Kyle Shanahan's system currently as it's constructed if if all the running backs were healthy Lamar Jackson Colin Kaepernick <laughs> well maybe <laughs> for real dude 2013 Colin Kaepernick running the zone read with Rasheem Mostert get yeah, out well, of here dude 2013 call I mean you know maybe maybe 1998 Brett Favre but that ain't happening well I know I know I'm just saying it's just ironic that I we're not even gonna go down the road um so here we go so I'm uh, Jared Goff I will say he is a very he's on the cusp to me, and I know you love Jared Goff, but you know what? The exact thing that I cited about Jimmy Garoppolo is very nearly what happened with him. I mean, they shouldn't have even been in the Super Bowl, and then they went, and guess what they couldn't do? Score a point. We, I'll come to your side of the Garoppolo thing if you agree with me on this, though. Goff's better than Garoppolo. Well, and Garoppolo's already at his ceiling. Goff could get a lot better yeah. than he already is right now. Yeah, I mean, he's still pretty, when Goff pretty is on When Goff's hot, he's... He, Spins it, man. He he can sling it, and 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 that's true. Yeah, I, the worry with him is that when he's not hot, he's not good. That's the problem. He's a feast or famine type. Yeah, and my worry too is just like like what's you know what's between the ears. You know, I just I'm I'm not, I've never been convinced that Jared Goff is really like the dude to go out there and just do it. You know what? He's got he's got talent. He got great talent, but it's just eh, eh, not there. I'm not there yet, but I'm not saying no. I'm not saying you can't do it with him yet. Okay, okay. New Orleans and Tampa, for sure. Obviously, old quarterbacks yeah, yeah. and Brady, yeah, yeah. Brady but yeah. yes, I don't know about Teddy. I know you love Teddy. I'm no, not Teddy's sure not if I'm there ready yet. there with Te- Teddy Teddy's too, good enough to take you to the conference championship game. He's not good enough to get you to Super Bowl. And then, happily, the only team in the North that can do it is 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 Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. No question. I, I just don't think... Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback. I just don't think... I don't, He's probably he might be the best quarterback that can't do it for you. I don't know. That's not where you want to be. I mean, but so I'm much of it is so much him. of it is just where he's been stuck his whole career, man. If he was on a different franchise, it would be totally different. And then in the like, imagine if Matt Stafford has had the situation Jared Goff has. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, if I mean, Stafford languishing rips it, in, in, dude, I mean, in Stafford's got one of the great arms in the football. And I think there's a lot to it. He just. There's it's who's, like, who's had more empty calories. Than, oh, it's than, true. Than, than it's, him. it's true, but also it's it's the argument of what is how do you how do you gauge expectations? It's like I used to always argue with Idaho State men's basketball. Yeah. Every time Bill Evans led Idaho State to an eighth place finish, he is exceeding expectations more than anybody else in the Big Sky yeah. Conference. If you lead the Lions to the playoffs twice, which Mass Stafford has done, and won a game, didn't he? Did they? They win? won a playoff. Won a, won a he playoff. led the Detroit Lions to a playoff win. <laughs> what more do you want? I mean, it's just like Mahomes winning a Super Bowl. And in the atrocity that is the NFC uh, East, the only team that's got a quarterback that can uh, do it for you is Dak Prescott. Mm, not there yet. Yeah. Oh, no question. Well, okay, so you think Wentz? No. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's a good What's thing. wrong with Wentz? Actually, I mean. Wentz, Wentz to me. Went, maybe Wentz maybe to you're me, right about Wentz. I mean, Wentz to me has the best arm in the league. No. Who's got a better arm? 
Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you're right. Pat, has a better arm. I don't even. Aaron Rodgers has a better arm. I don't arm. even think Matt of Ma- Stafford may still have a I better arm. I don't actually even think of Mahomes as a human at this point. He's like well, an that, alien. That's to me. your. That's but your no, you're, you're correct. Patrick Mahomes has the best arm that has I think existed in, in the NFL, and Rodgers still has a better arm too. Carson right, Wentz can right. sling it. Carson and, Wentz, and you're right to point that out to me because rifle, Carson Wentz very well may have already won a Super Bowl barring injury. Right. Uh, he was he's got a Super Bowl ring, so you you have that. So I and I know, mean he did lead them to what twelve of those wins. I could I, mean, I could be I could be pushed on Carson Wentz more uh, than Dak Prescott. Be. Here's the point though. Okay, we agree on most of these teams. I have fifteen teams that have a quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with. You may not have anything else that you can win a Super Bowl with on that very team, and that that does not include, by the way, uh, so far it does on this list doesn't include. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't include Matt Stafford. It doesn't include Baker Mayfield, and it does not include uh, Sam Darnold. So you're talking about if you want to really cast the net as wide as you can, you're talking about only 10, 12, 13 quarterbacks that you and I think you you actually cannot physically win a Super Bowl with this guy there. Now, there's no question the better quarterback that you got, the easier it is to do it. The, the better you're able to cover up for other failings, and we are presuming that, you know, that you're, you can't win a Super Bowl. This is the thing. Everybody's like, well, what about, you know, yeah, you can talk to me about this this or that Super Bowl team, but they had a great defense. Well, of course they did. They won a Super Bowl. Right. Like, you're, you, you, are, you are going to be on a great, great team if you are winning a Super Bowl. That is just what it is, man. And so if if you're telling me, well, what, how good a team are you putting these players on? Well, it's a good team. It's a really good team because they're winning a Super Bowl with that football team. I just think that there's some guys who, no matter how good the team is, when you t- when you factor in that you we're not joy we're not just cherry picking an all pro team that you're putting out here. We're saying, right. okay, let's think about the best type of team. The 49ers a year ago, for instance, was the best possible team you could have and insert a quarterback into it. They're going to win the Super Bowl. A lot of quarter, a lot of quarterbacks in this league can get you there. And, and to finish that point, it's why the NFL is a higher quality than it's ever been before, in my personal opinion. Because mm. I think that the thing that can get you stuck as a franchise more than any other thing is having one of those top five draft picks, drafting a quarterback, and then committing four to five to six years to that guy and having him suck. The Lions and Joey Harrington. The Browns and every guy that they drafted before they drafted Baker Mayfield. The Bears and Trubisky. Trubisky? Yeah. I can't, I, I mean, I can't even get to his name. I don't even know him, right? I, I mean, the, the, the failed experiment in New England with Brady, just a, just a catastrophe. <laughs> but like when you do have the number one overall pick and you draft Tim Couch, you're riding with Tim Couch for four years, and if Tim Couch can't hang, then you're going to suck. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe you did draft the right guy, and you're just so bad, the Jets, that right. you're that you know for sure, for sure, and that and that's where the the killing the young quarterbacks confidence comes into yeah. things. But like for the Bengals, for example, though, they just now they they can concentrate on literally on everything. everything else. Else. There's yeah. no evaluating it. It's four games into Joe Burrow's NFL career. It, it is red. He's he's the dude. You have Roll to find him. a way to keep him healthy. Just ha- that's that's it. You got to find a way. Two telling the ones. This was fun. Good conversation, Coulter. We'll take a quick break on the other side. Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, our podcast series, it is out. You can go to grizzgreats.com. You can search 
uh, Grizz Greats and get it on any and every podcasting platform. Okay, you got time. There's no Grizz football on Saturdays. Listen to Grizz Greats. We'll bring you uh, a piece of our conversation from an episode coming out as soon as the show is over with Bill Johnston. He was the head of the Alumni Association for 28 years. Trust me, if you don't know, you're not going to want to miss this. This is a lot of fun to talk to him. We'll bring that right after this. Hey, sports, they are back, and they are on, and they are everywhere. You got baseball postseason. You got NBA finals. You got NFL football in full swing, college football. It's all happening. Well, you need a bunch of TVs to watch all those games. Go to the Silver Slipper. The Silver Slipper has 55 televisions. Good gracious. You can watch everything and then some, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, MLB, the Silver Slipper has it for you. Also, drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. Hello, Tarantinos. There is nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room is back open. Games every night, 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500-333-1500 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is the best-kept secret in the state of Montana. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Check them out on Facebook for daily drink specials and up-to-the-date information. The Silver Slipper. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. It uh, may not be a surprise that the uh, year after I graduated and was no longer on the golf team at Big Sky, that's the year they won the Mm. state title. Just got to cut the dead weight, you know? Van Halen's debut album. This is the first song on Van Halen's debut album. I would argue is one of the great openers. I mean, you're talking about 1978. So people putting the record on, what, what, what's this band all about? Yeah. Just rip your face off right out the gates. Love it. It's Their their first two albums are so good. And then they kind of went down the road of doing the music video thing, whatever. It, it is what it is. But rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen, man. One of the greatest guitar players to ever live. I don't think music videos are pretty good oh they are they just they they, they just they, it fractured what the band was supposed to be about i got gotcha. yeah yeah i just had a profound that thought before we get into thing. bill johnson though you're gonna love this oh boy i can't wait till trey lance is the starting quarterback for the minnesota vikings next oh, year oh my goodness there he goes he's from Stand minneapolis <laughs> he's from minneapolis they've been scouting him the vikings are only three hours away from north dakota state oh if, boy. if, if a guy who has been on this radio show twice is the Quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, my life will be complete. Well, you know, if uh, if they want to take him with that first overall pick, they can go ahead and do it. <laughs> it's 2 tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus 2 tell at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Boys and girls, uh, we've been telling you about Grizz Greats, the Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. It's a podcast series. Uh, the first seven episodes are out now, and this will be the eighth 
with Bill Johnston. Bill Johnston was uh, the uh, head of the Alumni Association for 28 years. He worked at the University of Montana in total for 36 years before he retired uh, in 2016 uh, to go to work for for Security Bank. And uh, he uh, also, uh, of course, attended the University of Montana. In fact, was roommates with Jim O'Day at the University of Montana. How about that roommate situation? Kind of worked out for the the Grizzlies pretty well there. but what you know, when when we have some of these folks in, I mean, all none of them really. I mean, unless we know a couple of them firsthand, you know, that we've worked with before in the past on things. But you don't know what they're going to be like or how this you know is going to go. But this conversation uh, with Bill was one of the most fun uh, that we've had. I think the stories are outstanding, and, and we're happy to bring you a little piece of it right now. Uh, the uh, he's an epic storyteller, man. He is. I mean, he's a great storyteller. Great this is, memory. This is really, really, really yeah. pleasant to listen. His delivery is so smooth. He remembers so many things. Yeah, it was awesome too because he came in here with so many notes. And he didn't even he did, look. Never at looked. Him. Never looked. Just yeah. ripped. He's a lot like me, not looking at the outline, except with uh, you know some, some <laughs> better articulation. Uh, by the way, Grizz Greats, uh, the silver anniversary of the 95 National Champions, is brought to us in part by Blackfoot Communications and by First Security Bank. Uh, in 1993, Grizz football team was looking to host their first home playoff game, and former First Security Bank president Bill Boucher had spearheaded a group of local business owners who guaranteed the bid for UM Athletics. And actually, this is a story that uh, Bill Johnston gets into as a part of the Alumni Association going like, look, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to afford this if it doesn't really work out. And, uh, and uh, among others, Bill Boucher and First Security Bank was there to ensure that that bill would be covered. And guess what? From that point forward, Montana was really off and running. That commitment from First Security Bank to UM Athletics, it has never wavered. Two years later, that, go, that being 1995, it all paid off when the uh, Grizzlies won the national championship, their first Division I AA national championship. And guess what? 25 years later, First Security Bank is still proud to sponsor the Grizzlies and Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 95 national champions. First Security Bank is a proud supporter of Grizzly Athletics and the University of Montana. Enjoy our conversation. Former head of the Alumni Association, Bill Johnston. I think one detail that gets glossed over until you watch the game, we watch the replay of the game, people sort of forget that Marshall University is in Huntington, West Virginia. This is at Marshall's home stadium. It just happened to be the neutral site that hosted the deal, except for then Marshall got to play at their home field two years in a row. Washington Grizzly Stadium right now holds 26,500 people. That stadium holds almost 35,000 people. I think it's like 32, yeah. You guys brought thousands of Grizz fans, but there's still 30,000 Marshall fans there ready to roll. What was the experience like just before the game, the tailgates, and and just, I mean, were were the Marshall people welcoming, or were they hostile? What was that experience like? Well, it it, it was a good rivalry, of course, an instant rivalry. So, I mean, they fully planned to win. The the booster uh, group in Huntington had built the stadium, and they wanted a championship game, and, they did, and they'd love to have their own team there. But, it, I mean, this was an economic development for their community, uh, bringing people in for this championship game, whoever played. The fact that they got it for two years in a row was a bonus. And uh, From the moment we got there, it was a different experience going there than it was at uh, Statesboro with Georgia Southern. Everyone was welcoming. Everyone was... Uh, hey, it's good, great to have you here. Of course, they thought they were going to win, mm-hmm. and when who wouldn't with uh, all the pressure? Right. Yeah, our first trip to national championship, uh, being cross country, 
And then they would see more and more Montanans showing up. I mean, cars with Montana plates were showing up. And they, you drove all the way across. We, yeah, we left on Sunday. We wanted to get here. So it, uh, they, we were treated very, very well. Now, we, there was some activity in town that uh, university officials and, and boosters went to because it was part of their package. And it would be, it'd be a rivalry. It would be uh, back and forth. But it was never malicious or uh, mean-spirited. It was all very welcoming. And uh, so when we did the tailgate, we, they said they'd have plenty of toilets for the Montana fans. And so I learned a lesson. You always ask what that means for them because there weren't enough toilet porta potties in our area. So our fans got to know a lot of fans from West Virginia because we were using every toilet porta potty and every tailgate because there was no way our fans were going to be able to use just the four that they supplied. But they had no idea that we'd had that many people coming back. The Grizzlies win the football game. Andy Larson kicks the game winner. Throw that 39 in. Thirty-nine seconds left was it? Something like that. Yeah. And uh, you get on the planes and you fly back to Missoula, and then. More visiting happens uh, for the next couple of days. What uh, what do you remember about that, about coming back to Missoula? Very tired. I mean, people forget now, a, a guy like yourself, certainly it was fun, a great memory, enjoyable, all that. Also, you're working. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you got a bunch of logistics that you're trying to figure out. You're worried that all 2,500 of your fan base is going to prison for staying out <laughs> after hours. You got to, you know, this is like a, a, a lot on your plate. And so certainly it exuberant and exhausting so what what was your experience like coming back well uh so coming back started the game's over we won the team stayed on the field and to celebrate the fans stayed on the field to celebrate there's eight of us that left to go get the post game started because we had the pre-game and post-game celebration and win or lose we were having a celebration because we were proud of the grizzlies winning was over the top. I mean, we were so excited, but we had things that had to be done. So, is this back at the hotel? This at, is at out. The, at, this is a block from the stadium. Okay, the just right down. This is an outside tailgate party where we met pregame, uh, the day of the game, and all walked over to the game. Now everyone's staying on the field with the team because they're celebrating, and just a few of us walked back to get everything ready. So, our office, our staff, our team is ready to go. And I look back to the towards the stadium. And the team had left to go to the locker room. When that they left, everyone left the stadium at once. And there was a four-lane a four-lane street from our tailgate area by the stadium to the stadium, blocked off for the game. And when I looked out, it is shoulder to shoulder, all the way across, sidewalk to sidewalk, and about a half a block long. So I'm thinking there's 1,000, 2,000 people that are half a block from our tailgate and we're, we're supposed to be selling beer. You know, we, our, our plan was we'd sell beer. It was at cost, but we, we couldn't afford just to give it away. I, I thought, but I saw that crowd coming. I mean, there was no way we had enough people to sell beer because they, you knew they were going to want one. Everyone's going to want one. So, uh, president Dennison was standing next to me and I said, uh, president Dennison, George, would you pay for 25% of our cost if we give the beer free host it? Sure. I mean, everyone's celebrating. No, no thought it's on of me. Forty thousand beers. No thought of what it was going to cost. I looked to Wayne Hogan was there, and he was. Uh, I said, Wayne, would you do twenty five percent of the cost 
I'm going to do 25. George is already in. Wayne said, "You're without a question, yes, yes, yes. And I went to the foundation director, and I said, would you do 25%, and that'll fill it out. And, and uh, the foundation director looked in this little horse trough cooler that we had about 18 cases of beer cooling in the ice water. He looked at it and looked at it. He said, yeah, I, I can help you at 25%. He was thinking that little bit of beer. I don't know what possessed him to think that that was going to take care of this crowd. <laughs> so as soon as he said yes, uh, we had 100% of the cost covered. And we had already made arrangements with Earl Sharon, uh, who called his colleague at West Virginia. And we had a refrigerated truck full of cold packs. And it was sitting there, and if we opened them, we bought them. If we never took them out of the truck and damaged them anyway, then they'd just take them back and no charge. And so as soon as we had the 100% covered, I yelled to the guy, our beer runner, I said, uh, that's it, uh, we're, we're giving the beer away. And I said, open up your, your uh, truck door, roller, and we'll use that because there's no way we can get all this beer out from our three distribution points, you know, that was five people at a time when we started. And so the guy flows, throws up the truck uh, d- door in the trailer, and we start throwing cold packs into the audience. <laughs> and people were catching them and then distributing them to their friends. Afterwards, we figured we were giving away $365 worth of beer per minute. And <laughs> And honestly, that was the best money. And there are people that I know don't didn't drink. And I, yeah. one lady in particular, and I saw her walking by with a beer. I said, you don't even drink. She said, I just had to hold on to it to celebrate. And she said, no, I don't drink. But I'm just so excited. <laughs> just carrying it around. Yeah. I want to be a part of the beer. Well, uh, love it. So eventually, now to get to the departure, we, uh, a lot of the, everyone on the charter flight, so only one there's a team plane from the university and then the fan official alumni. And the rest were all charters from different agencies and people that put them together. And so they all knew their departure time. Most of them were like an hour after the game is over or two hours after the game is over. You have to be at the bus. We're leaving. And if you're not on, you know. So we had people tailing off going to the airport. But the the and the alumni jet was leaving, but I wasn't on it. I was on the team plane. So I stayed with with the university officials and the coaches and the players. But it took the players a while to get to the post game. Right. Because they, they have uh, mandatory drug testing. They all have to wait for. Only a few people are randomly selected. And then, uh, you know, there's other things they have to do with the officials. So we did uh, we did have a post game with Don Reed very briefly in the state, in the post game there and had the trophy. I mean, that was so, so exciting to see the trophy. And then we made our way to the airport. And it looked like an evacuation of uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, remember that the Marshall team had the, the famous accident. Right, that, right. You know, it happened at that airport. Mm. And it had been, that was in 70. 70, I think. 70 or 71, somewhere in there. Because yeah. it was just like, you know, it wasn't the exact anniversary, but it was like 20, 25 years then mm-hmm. of, of when it happened. So we had heard about that. And so it's a little ominous that you're, you know, the celebrating and, and thinking of that history. But it's up on the ridge of a mountain, and it's the strangest place to have. It, I mean, you climb this hill to get to the mountain or to the airport, 
But then they have floodlights everywhere because they're not used to this many people leaving at once. And you have all these jets parked on the tarmac and people getting off buses and they're trying to be led to the right plane. But, oh, there's Sally or there's George. And people, <laughs> and then like, where's my plane? It's like, it's like a rental car in a shopping mall. You park it and then you can't remember which one's yours. You know, these people are wandering everywhere. And we finally, and then it was foggy. So there's this image I have of this kind of fuzzy, uh, flood lit runways of jets loading, taking off, taking off, taking off. So finally, the, we did get some priority. Uh, the, the alumni plane had already left, and the team plane got to go out. And so we take off, and I, people have asked me, that must have been one heck of a party on that plane back. And I said, no, it was so quiet. Everyone's exhausted, but more importantly, all the players are students, and it's finals week the oh, next man. week. And no one gave them a pass on taking tests. There were some people taking tests on the plane, there were people studying on the plane, and then people sleeping, and it was very quiet. <laughs> even even the in the front end, our administrators and some donors or that bought seats, things on the, the extra seats on the jet, everyone knew that we were quiet. I mean, none of us were high-fiving. Uh, I mean, getting on and getting excited. Once we're in the air, it was, it was absolutely quiet. And it, it, now the alumni jet was a little different. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, a side story on that is I signed a contract, said the, the drinks are at cost. I mean, we're not hosting. They bought a ticket to sit on the plane, but they're buying their own alcohol because that we, we priced it as low as we could, and we didn't include the beverage. And so two weeks after the game's over, I get a call from the charter company, and they said I owed them thousands of dollars for the drinks. And I said, no, I don't. I said, I, it's in the contract. It's, it's not hosted. It's no host. Well, our team didn't, our flight crew didn't understand that, so we were asking you to pay. And I said, well... I'm sorry, that's not my fault. I don't have that money, so you're just going to have to eat it. But they drank every, the alumni plane drank every bit of alcohol they had. On the airplane. On the air. So they were a little different when they arrived. That's the least surprising thing I've heard in, the, in this entire no narrative. Yeah. So we're circling uh, Missoula. We fly in. We can see Missoula. We see Frenchtown. We, we go towards Frenchtown and turn around come back in. And then that's when you could see the crowds. And we had heard before leaving that, you know, there was a big effort. And we knew that they were going to try and get people, win or lose, to come out and celebrate the team's arrival. But no one thought there would be that many. I mean, it's just a sea of cars and people. We land, and we we were in a taped-off area where we could all walk. And I got to join the platform party with the coaches and the administrators. And and uh, because you guys know Eric, my son, uh, I hear Bill, Bill, and I turn around and I'm hard of hearing. I turn around and uh, there's no reason I should have heard it, but I see Dory holding Eric and she puts him down. He runs out, so he's eight years old and joins me. And so I got to take him up on the stage and we got to experience that together watching all these people. But it was an incredible crowd. And Dory told me that leaving Missoula, getting to the airport and with hardly any organization, time to organize. They did a great job. You know, there's places to park. People are selling hot chocolate. 
and there were thousands of people out there mm. and it was so exciting that just the energy in the in the air yeah get up there and don reed holding the championship trophy and people cheering and dave dickinson and you know and all the all the coaches being recognized all the players being recognized it was it's quite quite the deal getting the bus head back into town on the way out to the airport in missoula on the way home to campus uh every intersection blocked people out of their cars jumping up and down both you know cheering us on the way out and welcoming the players back and it, yeah, I think the bars may have just still been open when we were coming through. <laughs> if maybe it was after two, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was busy. Bill Johnston, the head of the Alumni Association for 28 years, including right in the middle of that run, the 1995 uh, school year and football season. And uh, there's this, uh, a portion of our conversation with him from Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 95 national champions uh, again a great conversation and really fun funny and and interesting man some great memories stuff that i did not know Roy Singstrom, former university of montana president thought he summed it up best when describing bill johnston in his letter to the alumni association yeah. in 2016 when bill retired he said it's said that montana is one small town with very long streets meaning bill johnston will make you believe it if you've ever traveled this day with him, you quickly realize that he knows everybody. He either knows them, their families, or has mutual friends or a combination of all three. When you combine that with Bill's uncanny ability to remember, and this is so true, he remembered everything. Yeah. His uncanny ability to remember, recognize, and recollect so many details about the people and places that intersect with the University of Montana, it's easy to see why, to many people, he is the face of our university. It's great. It's yeah. perfect. And uh, this was a really fun episode. This was the... This was my favorite one. I, I, it's so hard to pick. They're all really good, but this was, this one made me laugh so hard and his stories were yeah. just so good. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's certainly one of the more, more unique ones that we've done. And, uh, and, and so go listen to it as soon as it'll be up here as soon as we're done with the show. And uh, again, you can just search Grizz greats, uh, in any podcasting platform. It'll come up rate review, subscribe and enjoy. We're doing it for you. So, uh, enjoy it. Grizz greats is brought to us by first security bank and also, Friends at Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is engaged in podcasting more than anybody in the state of Montana. I think yeah. it's so important. They're supporting podcasts like this one, but they believe in the art of oral history and how important it is for the discourse of our communities and how important it is for us to connect with our neighbors. Mm. And I think that that's such an, an important and pivotal role that they play in the community. And speaking of communications, they're the best when it comes to any form of communication that you might need. Blackfoot takes great pride celebrating the undelible mark left by Montana's run to its first football national championship in 1995. Blackfoot is excited to sponsor Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions, a 25-part podcast series reliving that epic campaign. Blackfoot Communications, longtime and very proud supporter of Grizz Athletics. Major League Baseball Divisional Series update next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or 
or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings. You just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced. The Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet. The Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, at Gus Tutel, at 102.9 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. Went a little long in the last segment, so we're going to have to shorten it up here just a little bit in this one. But want to give a quick update. The uh, divisional rounds of the Major League Baseball postseason have begun. Uh, yesterday, the New York Yankees, using a Giancarlo Stanton Grand Salami, Blasted Tampa Bay uh, 9-5, to I think, was the final of that baseball game. Speaking of, it's also the final of the first game between the Braves and the Miami Marlins. 9-5, the final there. The Braves winning that. They are up one nothing in that series. As they play in the top of the eighth, the Houston Astros, who were already up one game to nothing, who were already 3-0 and in the postseason after entering the postseason with a losing record. They're up 5-2 to two over the uh, Oakland Athletics, 5-2 as they play again in the top of the eighth in that uh, second game, and it's the only uh, one that's got a second game. The second game between the Yankees and the Rays will start at uh, the top of the next hour, just after 6 o'clock, and this is the one I'm looking forward to, buddy, the Dodgers and the Padres. I cannot wait for this series. Clevenger is back, by the way, for the Padres. He will pitch in game one of the DS, uh, the uh, NLDS here. But the Padres and the Dodgers, the Dodgers is the best team in baseball. The Padres, to me, the most exciting and interesting team in baseball right now. It's going to be a great series. That starts at 7.38, a very specific time for that uh, game. Uh, on the radio tonight, we will have basketball because it's hello, the NBA Finals. But uh, that is where we're at with baseball as we go right now. Now, by the way, George Springer, no garbage cans in sight, hit a home run in the second inning and then was part of a back-to-back blast, two back-to-back home runs in uh, the fifth inning. So two home runs for Springer on the day right here in the uh, Oakland A's in a tough spot. Five-game series now in the divisional round. So you go down 0-2, you got no, you got no net underneath you any longer. What's the reaction going to be if the Astros win? Oh, Hatred. Gosh. Oh, it's going to burn it down. And the fact that Carlos Correa is leading this charge to basically taunt people, saying, hey, we might win it again, and if we do, what are you going to do? What are you going to say then? Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Because everybody's been on. Altuve hit like 217. Yeah, terrible year hitting. They come in. They they wouldn't have been in the postseason at all if this was anything like a normal year. So, and now here they are, and they're, you know, they're, you know, uh, two innings away from being four and zero, and one game away from being in the NL, the excuse me, the ALCS. It's really a bummer that they had to go and do that because they were such a likable team. They, they still are, and yes, you're right. It changes the complexion of this thing entirely. Speaking of uh, complexion, I don't know if that is speaking of complexion, but every Tuesday around here, we're trying to we're trying to hook people up. 
You know, so we do. We hook you up every day. We we do hook you up every Tuesday's day. Tuesday's a good hookup, but though. sometimes in a little more material fashion. Tagliari's Deli, the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula. Come on now, hands down. If you know, then you're. you're I mean, they've not been on the Food Network, this. man. I mean, if you're making sandwiches, you don't want to be. You know, you don't want to be on ESPN, people. You don't want to be on ABC. You want to be on the Food Network. That's where food lives. What do we got today, Colter? We got a Zeppelin plus Ooh. some garlic aioli. Okay. It's oh. been one of my go-tos. We also had a Pixie. Liz enjoyed herself a Pixie, man. our wonderful office manager. It's impossible to go wrong. If you haven't been in, you got to get in. If you have, then we're just reminding you. We're just reminding you. Go back you. Go and back. enjoy You're gonna love it. the best oh, sandwiches man. that you get in the city of Missoula. And if that? you would like a sandwich, give us a call. 361-3688. Coulter, what are we giving the people from Tagliars? What are we, got, we giving we them out today? We got a $25 gift card for you. You can use it on anything. Sandwiches, wine, a combination of both. their specialty pastas, pasta sauces. It's like a little Italy corner store in there. But the sandwiches, you're going to want to get a sandwich no matter what. It's the main event. You can save it for later. Even if you're not even hungry, get one. I promise you can share it with your kids, your family. Give us a call right now, 361-3688. Take got 20, 25 bucks to the best sandwich shop in all of Missoula. Tegleri's right there uh, off of Higgins. It's in the uh, same parking lot as the uh, Grizzly Grocery. There's perfect little location, very close to the university in the university district. And the best sandwiches in Missoula. And uh, Coulter, he would say more, but he can't. I mean, that's worth the price of admission. <laughs> Those listening on the radio, we take a bite as part of that promotion because that's just how good it is. You well, can't wait. I mean, I don't know why we got to get paid to eat the thing. I'd go the other way with it. But uh, it is uh, well worth your well worth your time. Sandwich people in Missoula, that's where you go. Tagliari's Deli. Hour one of the books, hour two. Straight ahead, we're going to get uh, into our coach's corner with Pat Duchesne, the head coach of the Florida Falcon football team next. <laughs> Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 